Good morning, dear friends. Welcome to the Buddha Broadcasting Network. I'm Robert Beatty. I'm coming you to you from my backyard in Beaverton, Oregon. And this is a an offering of the Portland Insight Meditation Community, which you can find at portlandinsight.org. It's the 5th of June. Our lives go on. Again, the sun has risen. The sun line has passed us at 900 to 1,000 miles an hour and races west from here. We have another day to make decisions, to observe our minds, our speech, our actions, and to see if they're leading in the direction that we want them to go. <clears throat> There's still a great amount of unrest in our country as there really needs to be as we face into 400 years of very awful history. And it's imperative that we find ways to be calm in our own hearts and to comfort ourselves so we can act skillfully and also be of comfort to others. <clears throat> I have an exquisite poem for us this morning. I must have shared this, well, I've shared this hundreds of times with individuals. And it pertains to any one of us who is awakening from the trance of our earlier life and realizing that we've made some or many wrong turns and that we finally decide or we finally it's coming to us that we must take responsibility for our lives. <clears throat> it's Mary Oliver and the poem is The Journey. Jim, I just remembered I'm going to deputize you here. There you are, co-host. <laughs> Good. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice. Though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried. But you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations. Though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough in a wild night on the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds 
And there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. <clears throat> One day you finally knew what you had to do and began, though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice. Though the whole world, the whole house, the whole world began to tremble, and you felt the old tug at your ankles, mend my life, mend my life, each voice cried. But you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible, it was already late enough and a wild night and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds. And there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. As I just read that just now, I was reminded of the Buddha's going forth when he left his family and kingdom and apparent destiny as a ruler. And he was forced by something within to set off in a very different direction. <clears throat> and I don't think that mythological account implies that we all need to leave home. What it means is we need to really look inside and see what our destiny is calling for. And that we go forth by leaving many of our old prejudices and unconscious rigidities behind. <clears throat> and in support of that, sliding this guitar across here. I take refuge in the Buddha, in being awake. I take refuge in the Dharma, the teachings that show the way, that articulate the path. And I take refuge in the Sangha, the community of practice. Just to do this on one's own is very unlikely. It's too hard. It's hard enough with loving community surrounding us. I take refuge in the Buddha, the one who shows me the way in this life. Namo Buddhaya. Namo Buddhaya, Namo Buddhaya. I take refuge 
in the Dharma, the way of understanding and love. Namo Dharmaya, Namo Dharmaya, Namo Dharmaya. I take refuge in the Sangha, the community of mindful harmony. Namo Sangaya, Namo Sangaya, Namo Sangaya. Refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. <clears throat> this is an old tradition, 2,600 years. Millions of people have walked this way before. It's a well-trodden path. We don't have to make it up. We don't have to invent it. And so we sit. We sit and come home to the body. to the fact of its aliveness. Notice the life in the feet, in the legs, not as an abstraction, a fantasy or an image, but actually as life. So awareness meets life, arises with life. allow awareness to open in what we call the face. In the sensations of life in this region of the universe, we call the face. 
And in the breath, it's a big thing, the breath. Once we discover it, in the midst of grief or anger, worry, planning, giddiness, there's the breath. And of course, it's not really the breath, it's the sensations of the body in breathing and out breathing. <coughs> So we bring awareness with intention to the very birth of the breath, this breath. Everything else disappears, the past and future, are gone. There's just this now breathing in. And we make room, we allow room for everything that happens from sounds to thoughts, to plans, to worries, to moods, emotions. In so doing, we actually change the locus of our identity from the little I that feels like it's in charge, in control, or should be in control, into the Buddha, into that which knows, into the mystery of awakeness. Hard to believe that something so simple could be so utterly profound. And so we sit quietly, upright, stationary, observing the coming and going of the breath.
we settle back into this moment exactly as it is. At other times in our day, we may be Hmm. Sound, hearing, startled, breathing. We may be very intentional in action at other times of day, having the experience of making things happen in the world. For our meditation time, we allow the world to be. Our only action is that of coming home to the breath and resting more and more fully in awareness.
it would seem somehow that the capacity to attend to things is limited to one sense door at a time. We have the experience of multiple thoughts and sensations and perceptions happening simultaneously because of the rapidity with which consciousness can shift between sense doors. When we develop concentration on one object, for instance, the breath, the sensations of breathing, everything else disappears. My teacher Bhikkhu Rastrapal in India, 40 years ago, took some delight in saying, Bodhipala, which was my name, Bodhipala, when I meditate, I don't think of you. I don't think of the world. I don't think of anything. <clears throat> and so with concentration and mindfulness, we learn to not think about the world, to not think about ourselves, to not think about anything. And we achieve it one moment at a time. So you can notice on occasion maybe often when awareness is deeply connected with the breath. That's all there is.
we practice awareness of what is. If the mind is wandering, awareness notices wandering. If there's a moment or more of hearing, awareness notices hearing. If there's confidence, faith, concentration, ease, awareness notices that. Or if there's doubt, anxiety, despair, anger, fear, there's room for that. Confusion, uncertainty, there's room for that. There's room for all of it. The most painful and the most pleasant. The most exalted, spacious, and the contracted. And please let us, in coming to an end of our time, turning inward like this, let's take up the great love mantra, I love you. Put your own name at the end. Maybe your own name as a child. We've all heard lots of things about ourselves that were not okay and we practiced them plenty. Why not simply love yourself? And if it doesn't seem to work, then love that. I love you with your name at the end. I wish well for you. May the path open before you for yourself. And then perhaps becoming aware of your eyes And then doing what it takes, including intention and then operationalizing it to let the eyes open. And you'll be greeted by a screen on a computer, on my computer, there's 25 little vignettes. Pick someone you don't know. Easy in this context. 
You know nothing about them, perhaps a name. What would it be like to say, I don't know you, but I love you, or I don't know you and I, I hope your suffering is at a minimum today. If there's fear, I hope it's minimal. If you're concerned about loved ones or troubled by the horrors in the world, I hope you have spaciousness of mind and heart. What if you were to say, think, about this person, please find a way to be in nature today. Find one beautiful rose and dive into it. Take utter delight in the children walking along the sidewalk or marvel at the bubbles in the bubble bath, how they could possibly be so beautiful and round. Be creative. What would your wish be? Your prayer for this person or persons. In this way, we fill our hearts with openness and kindness. And with some momentum, we can then extend our love out into the world. There's so much happening, pouring through our screens into our hearts. Let's cultivate an attitude of loving toward it, toward all beings. <clears throat> Thank you for coming to practice with me this morning. I'm always changed by the time together. <laughs> I just looked at myself in the screen and, oh. Um, it's been a long time since the last haircut. It's getting a little wild here. I've threatened to do it myself, but I've been talked out of it by Jennifer. <laughs> I have a couple of announcements. If you go to the chat at the top, you will see two links. One of them will take you to the new link starting Monday, the next broadcast actually, because I'm not going to be doing this on Saturday mornings anymore. Um, that will give you the new link. If you can't succeed with that, if you come to this link on Monday, there will be someone helping to get you to the proper spot. There's another link there, which will take you to the contribution um, section of the website. And if your heart is full, and if these broadcasts are being useful to you, 
I invite you to participate in the support of the organization which changes so many lives. And to do it with a to do it with a really open heart and hand and there's no requirement to do so. It's the practice of dana of generosity. Is there a separate acceptiva link for Sunday morning? No, good question. There's only one for there's only one now from now on for for my online regular teaching like this, the same one. The other invitation is tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, from nine to one, Betsy Toll and I will be offering a retreat slash workshop on facing into the anguish of these times and finding the love and beauty that can be born out of it. And that's on the website. If you go to the website and there's boxes, you get under the third row of boxes, you'll find it there to register for that. My little Dharmet this morning uh, is quite short, I think. Um, about five minutes before I came out here, Jennifer showed me a um, a short video that was very unsettling of an older man, about two years older than me, um, walking up to police and being pushed, falling over backwards, hitting his head and being injured. He's still in hospital. Um, and it it brought forward to me the awful truth of what happens to the untrained mind and how we can fall into mob mentalities, whether we're police or protesters or anybody. And we can, we can so easily dehumanize each other. And it pointed out for me the tragedy of it all, but also the absolute urgency of training our own heart-mind so that we don't fall into the trance where we can brutalize another person or even where we can fall into one of the polarities all protesters are, all rioters are, all police are, all white people are, all black people are because all these generalizations are wrong, except perhaps people are very vulnerable. Our bodies are really fragile. Our emotional selves are very fragile. And so it really behooves us to become persons who, who don't go with the crowd. I guess it fits with that poem. Who, that we, don't, we don't get swept up in crowd mentality. But even in, in difficult circumstances, we manage to maintain our humanity and realize that whoever we're dealing with is vulnerable. Is worthy of our love. Even if they're lost in delusion, 
That's the hard one, isn't it? So with that, I want to invite you to share what's happening for you this morning, what your questions are, what your discoveries are, speaking from the heart, speaking what's true, speaking briefly, and um, seeing what happens if you don't prepare. And as I've been doing, I'd like to invite those who are mostly quiet to to share if you wish. Hi, Budo. I have plywood on the floor of my tent and every now and then there's like a tap dancer comes in here, my little white dog and he has long claws right now. He does a little tap dance checking on if I'm here because he can't hear me, he's completely deaf. Good morning, Robert and Sangha. And I'm sorry, I'm not a quiet voice, but <laughs> I just have a question because it was really, um, it caught me. There's an organization I love and I participated in and they just recently posted, um, you know, kind of a, a, uh, an encouragement, I guess. And it just said, if your Dharma isn't radical, it isn't real. And I just was taken aback by that because part of me felt hurt that this practice and anyways, I won't go into it. So I just wanted, if you could speak to that, please. Cause part of me also is like, is it, is it, I don't feel like it's my job to go to that organization and say, whoa, that's kind of, you know, I guess I would just like some insights and thoughts about that when it's an organization and it's, and, and it's one that I've trusted to be very loving and very kind and gentle. And so when I saw this post, it just kind of took my breath away. Mm. Yeah. I have some trepidation speaking about that in that I've been, I have been working a couple of other fires have been happening, but I've been, I've been working uh, on a statement from PIMC and um, there are beautiful statements out there from the Insight Meditation Society and Jack Cornfield and Zen community of Oregon and some of them are very long-winded, some of them are very confrontive. Um, and there's a certain urgency to get it done and get it up there or out there because there's not even, an, there's not so much an expectation as a demand that 
you better have you better get your statement up because if you're not if you're not up there and you're not if you're not polarized then you're not real then then you're you're um you're betraying the cause and um It always takes me a while to get clear on what it is that I really believe and, uh, and then confer with the other teachers and get something that we can all get behind. In the end, I think we really do a good job of, of coming to a Dharma-based loving um, statement. And there is something in the, was it the zeitgeist in the, um, waves go through the culture of, you should be this way. And some of them are really good and some of them are not so good. Some of them are, they're very polarized. Uh, things like the witch burnings and the, there are, are um, there's, there's waves that come through the, the unconscious, the collective unconscious, that, that are uh, powerful. <laughs> and clearly, it's time for us at PIMC and individuals to, to really look at our own um, prejudices and bias and, and um, privilege and so on. Um, but I don't think that violence in any form is going to help any of us. Uh, not self-hatred. I really am a horrible person because I'm white. Um, I must devote myself to this now. That some of us will find ourselves deeply drawn into doing something. Maybe there's a study group uh, forming and, and a movement toward uh, a, a, an organized PIMC approach to this. And we've We've talked about it. We've, we, I've tried to get it together. Uh, when I came back from New Orleans three years ago, I was, and then read a bunch about, about slavery that I had not understood and, and about structural racism that I had not understood. Still don't, really. Um, but everyone's, everyone's trying. And I think in the heat of the moment with what's happening culturally, and with, a, with this abysmal lack of leadership from the top, uh, people are taking very rigid positions and making you, it's like you're, you're wrong because you're not doing this. And I don't think that's real helpful. It may be necessary, it may be predictable, um, but it's not the approach that I wanna take. That, and, and also, to, <laughs> scary to say things like this, but there is profound ignorance on, in all of us because, just because we're humans. And so we so easily fall into making the other bad and wrong rather than making the other, uh, the other is a person who is ignorant. And like that, I, I thought of that with a, my first reaction when I saw that policeman push that elderly guy. And the guy fell over backwards and hit his head hard and was unconscious. And he pulled, the, somebody went to help him and, and the, the guy who shoved him pulled the guy up. And then they left him there for a while. 
the news guy was saying, you know, you need to call an ambulance for him. Um, but there was this, this crowd mentality. I've been in crowd mentality. Not doing that, but I've been unconscious in crowds. And yes, that policeman, those policemen need to be held accountable for that. That was really not okay. Uh, but are they horrible, bad people who I should hate? I can't, I can't get behind that. They're, they're little boys scared, um, acting badly, and they need to be held accountable. And I would say prosecuted, and that was, that was an assault. And that's what our culture does with it. But uh, I, I just don't, here's the sadness, I just don't want to throw people out of my heart. It's too, too expensive. It locks me into a fixed position, and they're bad. And because as, as the Buddha said, short of, short of awakening, the ordinary human being is capable of anything being put in the right in the wrong context. So hope that helps. Abby. Tim. Hello. Hi. This makes me think of uh, this last little bit of, of uh, dialogue makes me think of the line that I just love maybe the most in uh, Buddhist words on loving kindness. And that is by not holding two fixed views. Yeah. When I first read that, that knocked me out. I love that. Yeah. Robert, thank you for your words of wisdom. And thank you, Tim. You were reading my mind. Uh, the, the idea, I, I'm a recovering English teacher. And <laughs> the, <laughs> so that's it. That makes sense of everything. <laughs> and when someone says, if you're not radical, you're not, you know, my first uh, response is to say, in what context are you using the word radical? Radical has to do with root. And it, yes, we need to go to the root of delusion and hatred and, uh, and understand how it's woven into our culture and going into the root may take many, many hours of quiet sitting and listening to our own hearts and to the hearts of other people. And at some point you may want to go get an ax and cut at that root. You know, that's a metaphor, uh, you know, radical, uh, had, can also be used not just as a neutral route, but something that has, it's the enemy and, and you have to put all this energy into destroying it. And that's a metaphor, you know, the determination and the conviction to keep working, you know, this, this last week, <laughs> I, I was afraid of that. I was going to start crying. Uh, this last week has been very difficult for me because it, uh, I'm not finished with something I started 50 years ago when my sister married a black man. And I've had to look at myself and how I responded to him and to his family and to my nieces and now grand nieces and nephews. And most of the time, I'm conscious, but after 50 years, I'm still 
finding things inside that say my fixed view of uh, a, a, a white man with privilege is still talking to me and, 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 and motivating me. And uh, I had a long conversation last weekend with my sister. Now her, her husband has died. The father of her children has died. And, and so he's become a icon of some sort in the family. But when I look at a whole 50 years of dealing with this, I never knew his story from the inside. I never really understood it. And, it, and, and that, that, uh, that conflict of, of, you know, wanting to be, um, uh, uh, <laughs> this book, Me and, and uh, White Supremacy, starts off by saying, uh, becoming a good ancestor. That's all I've wanted to do for 50 years. And uh, I failed over and over and over again. So, and then when I see all the conflict in our culture, I see how, how much work there is to be done. And uh, sometimes there's tears. And sometimes you got to go get that ax and just hammer at it. <laughs> but don't tell somebody else when that time is. The, you know, the, the time to grab the ax has to come from compassion and wisdom. And it can't be intimidation. And I'm finished. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. PIMC is going to have a systematic and I'd say profound uh, response to all of this. Tiffany Baker, who some of you know, is, is leading up our organizational move toward that. And um, uh, she's been meeting with several people who came from, from the broadcasts, I guess. And um, there'll be more coming, coming to us and we're gonna do it in a skillful way and have opportunities for really looking at our white privilege, at our own racism, at how we as an organization want to be active. Uh, we're really taking this very seriously and there's a lot of energy for it. As we should, as we, as we must actually. And I should say this, should, should, should. Um, some people in, the, in our community will become very enamored of this and it will become very much a part of their Dharma practice. Others will not. Others will want to be emphasizing their meditation practice and their silence and going deeper and deeper into the exploration of reality that way. And that's okay. That uh, our, our purpose is to, to help people develop a spiritual practice which leads to freedom. There are individual freedom and then we can share it with each other. And so they're really, I, I just don't, I don't think we can govern ourselves by shoulds and by someone else's, you must do it this way. We have, you know, a completely different issue, but on, on two or three occasions, uh, there have been people at PIMC 
who have become very uh, incensed uh, about the fact that meat is allowed at uh, PIMC events. And um, since the Buddha didn't make vegetarianism a requirement, um, uh, we decided as a board that we would, uh, we would have a, a, a rule, which was that people can eat what they want and can bring what they want to, to uh, the center, that our role was not controlling that, that our role was to help people meditate deeply and then be in a place to make their own decisions about things. And um, some people left angry. Um, so, oh, we did, we do have a, when we have potlucks, I hope we can have some again sometime before too long, that please label your food so that people who are making dietary choices can know what's in it. And not just meat, but other products as well, other ingredients. Hmm. Spiritual, well, one of my Sufi teachers said, we practice spiritual liberty, not spiritual tyranny. <laughs> this mind cracks me up. It just came up with a, a, a comment, which was, well, except that if you don't dance, you can never get enlightened. But that's, I think, uh, spurious and a bit off the wall. My apologies to those of you on the YouTube broadcast. It's, it's just kept quitting this morning. I don't know what's going on. Sorry. Come to Zoom. There. You should come to Zoom. <laughs> Marsha Rosenberg said that the word should is the most violent word in the English language. And if you think about it a little bit, it really is. You should control your mind. This present moment should be like this. Good morning. I'm not sure if I should say this or not, but please be brief, Gail. Thanks. Oh, yes, I will. Um, I I do a loving Qigong practice, and there was a question about that, and the um, the answer was um, practice loving everyone, and 
for me, it helps to love everyone instead of thinking of specific exceptions that you might conjure up in your mind. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Thanks. Thank you. This is sort of a silly thought, but it's been significant for me over the years. I really liked Yoda. I had a great Yoda mask that I wore at Halloween for years until it turned to goo. It just, the, the rubber just melted basically and it tore. But the way I construed Yoda was this very wise being, perhaps enlightened, <laughs> way out on the edge of the empire, and the empire was doing its thing. There were battles and struggles, and, and there he was holding something incredibly precious, and it needed to be summoned at a particular point to, to save the universe, save the... And, um, Sometimes I think it's important to have a part of us, which is Yoda, which is willing to wait till things are clear, not to hide, not to not, to, uh, not be engaged, but to, to really go deep inside and to figure out what's, what's really going to lead to peace here, what's really going to lead to human beings getting along better with each other. And rushing into the fray may not be the wisest thing at times. And similarly, denying and withdrawing and not paying attention, that won't, isn't, may not be the wise, that's not the wisest thing. But, um, well, that says it, I think. And part of my encouragement, let's all meditate a lot. Take an hour a day at least to go inward, to find out what's really true for you. <laughs> that was kind of a should, wasn't it? <laughs> you should meditate more. <laughs> Maybe it's this way. You should meditate. That, that I can get behind. You, you, you. You work too much. You don't take enough downtime. Rest more. That's true. <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> oh, well. So it's 
808, speaking digitally, precisely. Anybody sitting with something you'd like to share or that might be important to our little community? Sorry, I just took great joy in what someone just chatted. Meditate, you should. <laughs> Thanks, David. That's funny. <laughs> that does get my tickle my funny bone. <laughs> well, I guess that was, that was from Pamela. I don't want to take credit for that. Hello, pa thank you, Pamela. That was good. Nicely, precisely poked. So, uh, time to go. Uh, do please join Betsy and me for the um, for the journey tomorrow morning at nine. And otherwise, please let's really go deep into our own hearts and and. Uh, guide ourselves well through everything that's coming. I think there are some tough seas ahead of us. So let's band together and build our, the ships of our own hearts very well. So I haven't seen Stephanie, but I'm gonna just open it up here and maybe, there we go. May all be happy. May all be happy. Happy trails, dear friends. Thank you so thank you See you so soon. Much. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Larry. Nice to see you every day. Okay. Here we go. Bye-bye. Pushing the button. <laughs>